We are in Yevamos, towards the very bottom of Kuf Beis, Amabez 102b, as we continue in the discussion of different types of shoes that can be used uh, for chalitza. We just mentioned the last point was from Rava. Rava differentiated between different types of an anpalia, different types of sort of like a sock, whether it was made out of uh, just regular clothing or whether it was made out of uh, leather. And if it's made out of leather... So then it would work. Uh, but if it was just uh, made out of a regular uh, uh, cloth, so then that would not work. So the Gemara says, Tani Kabasa de Rava, we have a brysa in support of this position of Rava. So we're going to quote this brysa as a way of supporting Rava. And once we're on the brysa, so then the Gemara will also uh, have further analysis of this brysa. So if you do chalitza with a shoe, where the seams opened up, but it still covers most of the foot. Uh, the first half, this list will all be kosher. It, 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 the chalitza would work. Uh, or with a sandal with uh, with a shoe where most of it opened. Again, also it was partially sorry, partially open. Most of the foot is still covered. It still covers most of the foot. Uh, uh, whether you use a sandal of of cork sham or of fibers that are, that are from a tree, or uh, with a prosthetic foot of somebody who had an, uh, an amputated leg, bemok um, with felt, besmichas uh, haraglaim with a, a blanket which is used for the legs of an amputated, uh, somebody who had an amputated leg, so it's there to cover the uh, to cover the stumps of his leg. It's not an actual shoe, but it's, it's like a blanket. or The key here is that it's an ampalyashal or if you have a sock which is made out of leather. Or if you do chalitza from an adult. The point here is Bain turning to Kofkilmanalf, Ben Omed, Ben Yoshev, Ben Muta, whether. That person is standing or sitting or is lying down. Uh, also, if the person is blind, that uh, the the brother-in-law is blind. So then, in all those cases, these all all these cases, it works. Uh, Tosus points out the classic commentator on the page. He points out why would you think that uh, you have to stand? So he says, he gives two reasons. One, it could be from the verse itself. The verse, when it describes what uh, the, the, the court says about what the brother-in-law did, it says that he stood up. It doesn't say that he has to stand up, but in the passive, it says that he stood up. Um, so maybe he would have to stand. Alternatively, maybe because this requires a court. Uh, so it's viewed as the end of the court, which is referred to as the decision of the court, the Gemar Din. And so then the, the, the people involved would have to stand. So then if that's the case, maybe she also has to stand. Um, and the Rambam, Maimonides, has different parts in which uh, it's ideal to stand. Uh, also, why would you think that if, you, if the brother-in-law is blind that you cannot do chalitza? Uh, so that might come from the fact that maybe she has to spit, explains Tosa, she has to spit in front of him uh, during the step of spitting. So maybe... Uh, she, he has to actually see it to see it because it's really a, a sign of dis of upsetness, of disgrace, of over what's happening. So maybe you would actually have to see it. Um, it. Has to be done in front of him. So the answer is that no, he doesn't have to see it, even if 
he's blind, the chalitza would work. Now the second half of this price says, These are the opposites. If the shoe is broken up and it, and it doesn't cover the majority of the foot, you cannot use it. Or a blanket which is used uh, for the hands, not for the foot of an amputated person, but for their hands as they as they walk. They're also walking on their hands. Or if it's a sock which is used, just a regular sock. That's the contrast. Or if the chalitza was done with a minor, the yavam was a minor, in all these cases, chalitza the chalitza doesn't work. The point of quoting this b'risa, again, is to show you how for the ampalya, for the sack, it depends on whether it's made out of leather or not. If it's made out of leather, you could use it. If it's not made out of leather, then you cannot use it. But the Gemara wants to know as follows. They comment on the Gemara. And they say, wait a minute. In the beginning, where we said it was good, we included kav hakita, which is uh, the prosthetic of somebody who has an amputated foot. And that works. How does that work? Money, who is the author of the Brisa? Has to be Romer. He did not. Akita Romer says, uh, in a totally different context, in the context of the laws of Shabbos, about what you're allowed to walk out with on Shabbos, what you're not allowed to walk out with on Shabbos. On Shabbos, there's a prohibition to carry outside if there's no Erev. If there's no Erev, you're not allowed to carry outside. Romer says, but if it comes to this prosthetic, so then... Uh, he's allowed to carry it outside because it's viewed as his shoe. It's a part of it's in it's part of his shoe. Rabbi Yossi says you're not allowed to. It could be from other gemaras that the dispute is uh, somewhat different, uh, but according to this gemara, it seems to be uh, surrounded about around whether or not it, it acts as a shoe. So Rabbi says it acts as a shoe. So it sounds like this would work. However, the reason why this is a problem is because in the end, in the in the seifa, in the second half of this brisa. It says what we mentioned earlier, uh, that uh, it has to be, the only time that chalitza works is if it's made out of leather. So in the beginning, when it's discussing this amputated, this uh, prosthetic, which is not made out of leather, we say that that works. But in the end, we say that it has to be made out of leather. So which one is it? Does it have to be made out of leather? Or does it not have to be? So the Gemara will have one suggestion. Rava will reject that and then give his own suge- suggestion. Amar Really, it needs to be made out of leather. But the case of the, the prosthetic foot, that is where it is covered with leather. That the covering, the outside, is really made out of leather. So basically, Abai is saying that really it has to be leather. Uh, so Amr Le Rav, Rav says back, I understand. Rav says, if that's the case, so then in the Seifa, in the second half, which we said that it's invalid, so then just give a case where you have a prosthetic uh, foot and it's just not covered with leather. Uh, that's all you have to say. Why does it have to give the case of the Ampalyosh Begad, the sock, uh, the regular sock? Just give you should, it should just differentiate within a prosthetic uh, foot that it would, whether it's covered with leather or not. The fact that the Brisa doesn't do this tells us that Elamarava Midrashim Mayor Sefanami Rameyer. That really we're going within a Rameyer, and Rameyer is of the opinion that it doesn't have to be made out of leather with regards to Chalitza. He doesn't have the same way of learning the Psukim, the verses that we had in a previous recording, and it really doesn't have to be made out of leather. Ah. Oh. If it doesn't have to be made out of the leather, what's the difference between the first case and the second case? Hi, man. So he explains. Seif and Amir Meir. Hi, magen. Hi, lo magen. 
The difference is, is that whether or not it protects the foot or not. In the end of the day, even, according to Rameir, who says that uh, it doesn't have to be made out of leather, but at the end of the day, the shoe has to protect the foot. It has to protect the foot, and if it doesn't protect the foot, like a sock, so then you can't use it for chalitza. But if it protects the foot, like a prosthetic foot, so then it would, in fact, work. And that's how Rameir would differentiate between the two cases. Okay, that's a way of just explaining the brysa. The Gemara now has a few statements from Amemar. Amemar has a few statements here. Uh, interesting statements. Exactly what exactly is the reason behind these statements is, uh, is subject to dispute. But Amar Amemar, let's get into the first one. Amemar says that the one who's doing chalitza, uh, so the, the brother-in-law, he has to press his foot seemingly to the ground while she's taking off the foot, the, the shoe. And the question is why? Why does he have to be pressing his foot to the ground? Rashi says it's to the ground. Maybe it's not. It doesn't have to mean to the ground. So two different explanations that are given. The Rush explains, one of the classic commentators, the Rush, he explains that he has to press his foot into the ground to show, in general, we see that this, uh, this shoe has to be a very specific type of a shoe. And so usually people didn't own this shoe necessarily, but they just got it in Baisden. They received it in Baisden in the court. And sometimes we say that it has to be a good fit. So he has to press down, maybe not on the ground, but on something to show that this is really something which is protecting him, that is acting as a good fit. And so he has to press down on the ground to show that this is actually this actually fits. Um, alternatively, the Ramban explains, uh, also one of the classic commentators, he explains that no, the reason for this is because he has to at least in some sense be standing, even if he's lying down, even if he's sitting down. But it's the way of somebody who is standing, walking, to be pressed down on the ground. And if that's the case, so he has to be pressed down on the ground with his foot to sort of signify the idea of standing because maybe there is an aspect of standing. The verse says that he stood in the passive. So maybe there is an aspect of standing and so therefore he really has to press his foot down and this would be seemingly specifically onto the ground. Okay, that's what Amemar says. So Amar lei Ravashi Lamemar. So Ravashi asks Amemar... I don't understand the Brysa that we could just quote. It said that you don't have to stand. Seemingly, according to what you're saying, you have to stand on the ground. But we said you could stand, you could sit, you could be lying down. So he answers, Amir answers, Ema, let's say, Even if you're sitting down, even if you're lying down, in the end of the day, you still have to press your foot onto the ground as if you're walking, as if you're standing. That part is necessary. You don't have to maybe... Uh, the rest of your body could be in a sitting position, could be in a lying position, but the feet have to be in a standing position. That's the way the Ramban understands it. The feet would have to be in a standing position, and so that's why, uh, that's why we have this halacha. And this is this is what we try to do also, practically. This is now the second statement of Amemar. Va'amar Amemar, Haiman demaski alichta dekare lochalit. He says that somebody who walks on the back of his feet. Meaning he's club-footed, and his foot is uh, his club feet, and his foot is twisted upside down. So then they cannot do chalitza. They can't do chalitza. Uh, the 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 Rambam, Maimonides, and others they explain the reason why you can't do chalitza is because they can't actually push their foot towards the ground. The the two statements of a memar are connected to each other. You can't put your feet to the ground, and so therefore uh, you cannot perform chalitza. He says, I understand. Uh, but uh, the leg supports could be used for chalitza. So 
so why can't such a person just use his leg supports? So the idea is low. So in the end of the day, the answer is is that for, even for these leg supports, they cannot be used unless you could actually have them walking in a normal way, where they're pushing their foot to the ground. These leg supports could be used by somebody who is uh, doesn't have an amputated foot. Um, that person could use it. He doesn't need support on his knees. That person could use it because then he could actually uh, stick his feet to the to the ground. Uh, but otherwise, it would not work. And so that would be that would be one idea that you would have to have your feet in a normal position so that you could stick your feet to the ground. And the two statements of a memar um, are really are really connected. Rashi gives a slightly different explanation. He says that it's not really if it's not in the normal way, so then it's not what's referred to as a regel, as a regular the regular foot being used in such a way, and so therefore that's why it is disqualified. Okay, continuing on in the Gemara for a few more lines. The Gemara the Gemara quotes from the Mishnah. It's going back to the Mishnah and it says Minarkuva Ulamatov. Somebody who has an amputated well what exactly this means is actually subject to debate, but the way we understood it from Rashi is that if a person's leg was amputated from the knee down, so then he could still do chalitza. It's only a problem if it's from the knee up. And we'll see exactly why in the Gemara. Uh, it's important to note that many other of the commentators, they explain the Mishnah completely differently. And we're not dealing with somebody who has an amputated foot, but we're dealing with somebody who has a regular foot. But the point is that the straps, the, the way they would have these feet, these shoes, is that these shoes would have straps that go around the foot. And these straps either, perhaps even ideally, should be going around really the, the rest of the leg, meaning the shin, what's below the knee. Um, and so that, that's what should be used. That's how others explain it. Uh, but Rashi, and we'll stick with Rashi for the rest of this Gemara, Rashi explains that it's referring to somebody who has an amputated foot as long as it's past the knee so then he could still do chalitza. So the Gemara says, I don't understand. In a totally different context, if anybody remembers from chalitza, from Chagiga, when we did Chagiga a few years ago, and when it comes to Chagiga, when a, the mitzvah of going to the base of Mikdash, walking to the temple three times a year during our holidays of Pesach, Sukkot, and Shavuos, we said, Regalim, that a person has to walk. That means somebody who has an amputated foot is exempt. They're exempt from walking to the base of Mikdash, to the temple three times a year. This seems to imply that the way we define a regal, this is even if uh, they have an amputated foot even below the knee. That a regal means an actual foot, and not just uh, above it, which is below the knee. So it seems to be regal, a foot, is an actual foot. When we talk about a foot, it's, it's somewhat the actual foot, not the rest of the leg. So why would this case be any different? The Gemara says, no, there's a big difference. Shiny hacha, al raglo. The difference is, is that when it comes to chalitza, it says more than just it has to be part of the foot. It could be above the foot. al raglo, above the foot, which means from below the knee. If it says above the foot, maybe that it could even be if he has an amputated foot that's uh, past the knee, that's closer to the to the thigh area. Maybe that should also work. The Gemara says no, because we have uh, a drasha. We we have expanded upon it, and we say it could be above the foot, but it cannot be super above the foot. similar to what we had uh, earlier about having two shoes, um, which may be meal de meal. Uh, so so uh, to have it above the knee, closer to the thigh, that would be a problem. But if it's below the knee, that's fine because it says me'al haregel, uh, which is above the foot. A few more lines. Amar of Papa. Papa says, based on the Shmamina, 
Hai istavira ad aranachos disa gadaitach mipsak pasak havala iu me'al vishoko me'al demial. He says it must be that the heel bone reaches the ground where it connects to the foot. It's all one entity because in order for the shin, in order for the for the uh, for the for the part of the leg that is past the knee to be considered that it will be a good chalitza because it's me'al where it's just above. Everything else has to be viewed as one. Uh, one single bone or one single area. Um, and Ravashi says, Ravashi says a similar idea, but he says it doesn't have to be viewed as one bone. And Ravashi, I feel the team of Mishak Pasak, even if it's separate and divided from the calf, but called a have a kara because it's connected to the sole of the foot, uh, it's considered as part of the foot, and the ankle is considered part of the foot, so therefore the calf area, really that calf area would be viewed as me'al raglo, so you could really, if there's an amputated foot that's in the calf area, so then that really could be could be used for chalitza. That's how Rashi understands it. According to the other commentators, the way they would understand this Gemara is not about what happens if you have someone who has an amputated foot, but it's really what happens, where do you have to put the straps? Where exactly would you have to put the straps? Where do you have to put the straps around the calf? Um, or not? Uh, so that's how, that's how they would understand it. Okay, we'll continue... Uh, with the rest of this Gemara and this analysis of the Mitzvah of Chalitza in the next recording.